Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. I'm probably, uh, I don't know, maybe playing video games? Ah, probably board games. We know that. Right. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hello. Hey. On today's show, Vicky, she's seen more of Modoc, and she's going to let us know how that's going for her. We'll also talk about Kevin Bacon in the MCU hmm. and some other things. And, of course, that more. More. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search for BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com. Excuse me, not radio.com, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Exactly, yes. Odyssey is now what Radio.com so was. Yes, so audacious. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's a way you can find your app. Uh, if you already have the Radio.com app, you, it just changed magically. And if not, you can uh, type it in there. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's shiny and orange. It is. It's very orange. I like orange. Anyway. Orange, you glad you like it, Rip. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, let's uh, stop talking about orange. But actually, he's kind of orange and kind of fleshy colored. Modoc. Uh, is a show on Hulu, mm -hmm. and it is in the robot chicken style. We've talked about it previously. Yes. Uh, myself, I've still only watched the first episode. Uh, I've been getting into a lot of other older shows, including The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which <laughs> is fun but not necessarily geeky. So uh, we're not going to talk about it here. Oh, the old Triple M. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, Wait, no, I, def I definitely found myself <laughs> really diving deep. Since last time we talked, uh, uh, not just... I've been really watching a lot of Bailey Sarian's uh, Murder Mystery Makeup Monday videos on YouTube because I went from Facebook to YouTube so I can get the longer version. So yeah. honestly, I've been watching a lot of that and I realized I need to actually watch a show. <laughs> ah, the old quadruple M. <laughs> because, <laughs> right, I've been, I've been watching a lot of Cars because that's all my little brother wants to watch. Like when I go get the remote, he's like, Cars? Cars? Okay, I guess we'll watch Cars again. And so I'm like, okay, well, I don't really feel like watching a show I've watched a million times. I should probably watch something new and... I honestly didn't really have the energy to watch anything that required too much thinking. Yeah. So I decided to try to give Modoc another chance because it was okay. Like it's it wasn't great. Kind of what it how wasn't I, bad. It how was I felt okay. about it. Yeah. And honestly, I don't. Again, I don't know if I was just distracted or not, but I think it still kind of has that vibe. Like it's it's an okay watch. It's fine for background noise or if you're you know doing some work on your computer or some some other stuff. It's not a show that you have to watch. It's not a show that you have to pay full attention to. But it is entertaining at points. Like, okay, well, I, there's a lot of characters that we know of that, but aren't super mainstream, like our old school characters. Like, was it Fing, Fin Fang? Fin Fang Foom, mm -hmm. which he, is the giant dragon. Yes, he makes an appearance. Like, he's riding him. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of <laughs> shenanigans, a lot of silliness. I really love the voice acting cast because almost everybody has either done a lot of voice acting um, in general that you'll recognize the voice or they're in other big stuff. Like, you have... Melissa Fumero, who I believe plays his daughter, uh, she is like the main chick in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, really? Yep. Ben oh, Schwartz funny. plays his son, who we know him as Sonic the Hedgehog. He was in Parks and Rec. <laughs> That's right. John Daly. He's got one of those voices you're like, oh, I recognize like his voice when he talks because you've heard him in Archer. He's also, I think, appeared in Bob's Burgers a few times, as well as he's the older brother, Judd, in Big Mouth, if you watch Big Mouth. I do a lot of research, mind you, when I'm watching an animated show. I'm like, like, okay, I know these voice? voices. I know that person. I try to pinpoint it before looking it up. But I, <laughs> I can tell you almost everybody, if they're 
you know, doing voice acting regularly, I can tell you what they've been in. It's funny whenever you see something, you mentioned Big Mouth. Um, like if you've ever watched The League, um, a lot of those people yes. um, fall, like do a lot of stuff with Nick Kroll. So when you mm-hmm. see like Big Mouth or something, you're like, I know that voice. I know that voice. And I know Jason Manzoukas anywhere. Yes. <laughs> like, mm, I, I love Jason Manzoukas. Like he... The amount of ri- ridiculousness that he brings yeah. to his characters, whether live action or animated, is phenomenal. Totally. But, you know, Alan Tudyk is in everything. Nathan Fillion is also in this as well. Bill Hader, you can't, like, you you come to learn what is Bill Hader's voice because he's also done Bob's Burgers and stuff. Mm-hmm. John Hamm, same thing. He was on an Archer episode. He's been around when it comes to the uh, uh, the animated stuff. So I, I'm still going to watch it. I'm only a few more episodes in. I probably have to rewatch them because I honestly, like I said, it's not a show that you have to pay attention to. And it's like one of the, you, it, you tend to get lost. You're like, okay, I'm going to go to the other room now. Whenever you see something that's a Marvel property, you kind of feel like you're obligated to look over it with a fine tooth comb. And this mm-hmm. is not one of those. Um, it's irreverent. It's outside of whatever sort of like, you don't have to worry about like MCU canon or anything when you're watching it. If you want, like you said, older references to characters that are minor and maybe we'll never see the light of day uh, on a on a big screen. This show seems really kind of like that. Modoc's just a big floating head, right? Yeah, with yeah. tiny arms and tiny legs. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah like, I mean, so is his daughter. It's kind of uh, hilarious. He's kinda, he technically kind of has a body, but it's really tiny, so he just kind of gets into this weird suit. So he's almost got a Doc Ock thing because he gets these little weird arms and tentacle things, and he has like a <laughs> he does these blasters like from his uh, like gem he has on his head. It's like I, I it's like the most fitting character for Patton Oswalt to voice. But I would rather see him doing something else. So I hope this doesn't mean that he's not going to do any MCU properties because I'd love to see Technically, him. Technically, he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, but they're kind of, I don't know what they're doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this it, point. Is it, can, is it like canon with the MCU because it kind of goes along the same timeline? And I don't want to say canon, maybe in that same, what is it, uh, timeline, I guess? Or yeah, universe? timeline or multiverse Mul- or multiverse, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like all of those. It's very confusing. And yeah, he was... He was the scientist who was also like a clone or a double in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I'm okay with. But I want him to – I want him to be just a bad superhero, like a Great Lakes <laughs> Avenger or something. Just just kind of terrible, but also, you know, kind of cool. Uh, but we do know that he is going to be voicing uh, Matthew the Raven in the Sandman series. And honestly, like one – Patrick uh, – Patrick Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> Patton. Patton Oswalt uh, has a voice. It's immediately recognizable, and he is in everything. He's been in Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. He obviously was uh, Remy from Ratatouille. He's done a lot of stuff for, like, Mickey Mouse, Playhouse, like, Big Hero 6. Like, he's just the voice acting king. He was the gills in The Boys. (laughs) He was, like, the... That's right. He was the the talking gills. gills. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He's got that perfect, like, disappointed dad voice. Yeah, but mixed with a nerd. Yeah, like exactly. a real nerd. Like he's disappointed. He really is a nerd. I know, but he's like he's disappointed that you couldn't name all of the Sinister Six. Like it's going to be one of those, and there's more than six, by the way. Which so. is it's funny because in like the Spider-Man TV series for that happened in 2017 to 2019, he was Uncle Ben in the Chameleon. Like he's everything. Oh, he's a, a many characters huh. in BoJack Horseman. <laughs> it's just. Dude, is there anything you don't do? You must make a lot of money. (laughs) You're mentioning uh, actors who, uh, and we've been talking about actors who we'd love to see in the MCU. Now, I found an actor who himself wants to be in the MCU, most notably actually in the third Guardians of the Galaxy film. None other than Mr. Kevin Bacon. 
which was Sebastian Stan. No, not Sebastian Stan, because uh, that's Sebastian Shaw of the Hellfire Club mm-hmm. in X-Men First Class. Yes. Yeah, and so he was the baddie in that one, but I mean... He was phenomenal. He was really good in that, but I feel that he should maybe come back and do something like that. Uh, he does want to star. He wants to star. I don't know if he necessarily wants to be the star in the third Guardians of the Galaxy film, but he uh, discusses his experience working with director James Gunn on 2010's Super. Forgot, yeah, he, he was, was in, in that. Super. We actually... I, I remember when that movie came out, they kind of did a premiere here in Seattle for mm-hmm. Emerald City Comic Con, and they did a Q&A with James Gunn, and I think this was before Guardians of the Galaxy, Yes, and everyone was really excited to see Rain Wilson, because he was the star of that movie, and obviously Ellen Page was in that movie as well, it, excuse me, Elliot Page, uh, and... It was a crazy movie because you get all these really big stars like Kevin Bacon, Liv Tyler in this really odd and sometimes awkward movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 full on James Gunn weirdness. And if you don't really necessarily understand that, like look at the Guardians of the Galaxy films. But when you're looking at the rest of his movies, they're 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 a little nutty when it comes down to it, to be perfectly honest. Super probably would actually do much better now than it did back then, simply yeah. because that darker superhero fantasy is kind of more appropriate these days. That's a more good point. Well received. I want to go back and like yeah. revisit that now. I can't believe that was eleven years ago. Uh, when he was doing an interview, Kevin Bacon with uh, with Esquire, he was asked if he would make a cameo in Guns Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and Bacon replied, "Listen, I love the idea. I would love to be a part of that." Um, currently, he's starring in the crime drama City on a Hill, and a Guardians cameo would not only be a change of pace for him, but it would serve as a callback to a joke weaved throughout Guardians of the Galaxy and the yes. Avengers Infinity War. Bacon's footloose role was referenced in the first Guardians film, leading him to a cha- <laughs> leading him to challenge Star Lord actor Chris Pratt to a dance off. That's amazing. Um, but it also, again, we know that it wouldn't be his first because of uh, Sebastian Stan or Shaw. Damn it! Mm-hmm. He's not the Winter Soldier. The actor. <laughs> Wasn't there a line, too? It's like, is, was it Footloose still the greatest? Is Footloose still the greatest movie uh, ever? And then uh, Peter Parker's like, it never was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, too, because Bacon in uh, Super, he played the drug dealer named Jacques, but he wasn't the only ask- actor to fill that role. Bacon stated, what I had heard was that my part was supposed to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh. So I'm like, am I going to take Jean-Claude Van Damme's sloppy seconds? Hell yeah. Uh, I love Bacon. I love Kevin. Well, I love Bacon, but I love Kevin uh, Bacon, too. What was it that he's currently working on? Uh, A show, uh, what was it called there? Uh, City on a Hill? It's a crime drama. Because there is another, he apparently is in pre-production for The Toxic Avenger. Yes! Which, it wasn't, isn't this a remake? Yes, it's going to be a remake, and it's of the old trauma films, which were really Really, pretty much just uh, exploitation films um, done by Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, basically, a uh, a kid gets uh, doused in uh, toxic waste because uh, I think he lives in New Jersey, and well, New Jersey has a lot of toxic waste dumps, and okay. uh, then uh, decides to uh, protect the innocent as the Toxic Avenger. It's really gross, really gnarly, and uh, some really fun practical effects on it. Apparently, according to IMDb, as of right now, the Toxic Avenger cast looks like it's comprised of Kevin Bacon. Uh, Taylor Page, Peter Dinklage, Elijah Wood, Julia Davis, and then Jacob Tremblay. Tremblay. He was in, I think, the the Good Boys or the Bad Boys or whatever they're called. The Boys. No, was not it the Boys. boys? No. no, no, not that one. <laughs> uh, he was uh, the Good. Yeah, Good Boys. It was that Seth Rogen movie. 
Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. It was kind of uh, kind of like an updated super bad sort of thing like that. Yes, and he was also like if the if you watch the new movie Luca, I think it's already out now. That Disney movie, it's free, I believe. If you already have Disney Plus, uh, he was Luca in that movie as well as Robin in the Harley Quinn animated series. Ooh, so nice. he's been, he's done a, a few things. So he's definitely gonna he's gonna be a big name, I think, one day. An interesting thing about Kevin Bacon as well is that he's never reprised a role. Like, he's never gone back to do a role that he has previously done, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, you would assume he would. But he says that he would for one character. The Footloose guy? No, not the Footloose guy. I forget his name. And I think this is an obscure action horror movie that I don't know if you two have ever seen. Probably not. Have you guys ever seen Tremors? Uh, little itty bitty bits. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I know yeah. what it is. I know what it's about. Although we always get it confused with Dune. I yep, think that's me. <laughs> well, and it kind of is because the graboids is what they call there are like miniature versions of sandworms. Uh, still very deadly, very dangerous. Is that what they're called in uh, in Tremors? Sandworms? Uh, uh, no, they're called graboids. Okay, and what are the ones called in Dune? Because I thought sandworms Sand- were the ones from Beetlejuice. You're right. I don't know what are those stupid things called. Called? No, they're called sandworms. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're just. I think they just lifted. I'm from uh, Beetlejuice as well. But yeah, they're also in there as well. Maybe they're the same things. Anyway. Um, Ooh, same universe. Yeah. Uh, he says he would like to take a crack at uh, Valentine McGee from Tremors. Uh, it was one film of mine that I wanted to revisit that character, he told the Esquire. Uh, I don't look back at it at all. Uh I, yeah. Uh, in fact, Tremors is the only movie of mine that I have rewatched since it came back. So hmm. he doesn't even go back and rewatch them. Uh, he co-starred with Fred Ward and Reba McIntyre, <laughs> contesting against an infestation of giant human-eating worms in the desert town of Perfection, Nevada. He praises country music star Reba McIntyre for her acting debut, saying she was fantastic. It was kind of a stroke of genius to put her in that part. It only made $16.6 million in the box office, but it did become a uh, cult success due to video rental. And that's how I watched it. I remember you know, getting it at Blockbuster and just having a great hell of a time with it. Um uh, he does say that uh, he did reconsider uh, a couple years later, coming back with it. He was like, he said, we were around the 25-year anniversary, went to Bloomhouse, which are the ones who put it out, and they were totally into the idea. Universal did not want to remake it as a feature, and also maybe because it didn't work as a feature the first time, so he put it aside, and then they came back to me and said, what would you think about doing it as a TV series? And then Sci-Fi ordered a pilot in 2017, but didn't pick it up. No. He says, I would still love to do it. Maybe it needs to be the 30th anniversary or the 35th will keep it going and I'm cool with that I'm down with that I want to see what they're going to be able to do with that I would love them to revisit Tremors and unfortunately <laughs> maybe they got to rework the script or do something like that but Giant Man Eating Worms pretty cool hey, he dodged a bullet though if they had remade it in 2017 they probably wouldn't have started production until 2018 and then COVID would have hit 2019 so it could have screwed things up yeah yeah so maybe maybe this will be the perfect time for it to happen I don't know. Let me know if you guys think that's a good idea or not, and uh, give me some reasons, you know. And who should be in it? Yes, absolutely. Who shall start with bacon? <laughs> will it be eggs? eggs? I was about oh, to say, you. will it be eggs? Okay, you shut up, because now oh. it is time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? So... I know we always complain about things like, that does not seem believable in this movie and or show. Joe. How does time travel work? <laughs> oh, God. Bring <laughs> uh, me this. But the one thing, and I know ladies have been talking about this for years, and I'm sure you understand this too, Joe, of all the things they get wrong in action movies about women. Oh, like just like damsel in distress sort of things? or No, 
like number one being sprinting in high heels. And I'm not saying that women can't because if you go on TikTok, there are some women that do the different levels like, oh, here's a small heel. Here's like a bigger heel, but a chunky heel. And like <laughs> they go up to like an eight inch stiletto, which yeah. is basically a toothpick and they can sprint in them. That there are, you know, godlike women out there. Don't get me wrong, but I spend 10 minutes in high heels and I'm over it. That reminds me of Jurassic World when they're really pissed because, uh, was it Bryce Dallas Howard? Yep. Yeah, she was running around in the jungle in heels and they're like, BS. First off, that's going to get stuck in the mud and you're never going to get out. You're going to lose your shoes immediately. And I got this from a Triple X movie, I believe it was. Yeah, with Vin Diesel. Best oh, movie. okay, where, where he's the spy, Triple X. I was like, wait a minute, there's no, no, a Triple no, no, X no, 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 movie no, with... No, no, the actual spy movie. Yeah, okay. Because they kind of kidnap him and they kind of plop him in a situation and he figures out that it's not real. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, the biggest giveaway was the waitress. Because my mom or his aunt or grandma or whatever was a waitress and on her feet for 15 hours a day and she's wearing high heels... She was an actual waitress. She'd walk, come home in like giant blisters. Oh, yeah. There's no way you can be a waitress in high heels. Like even the waitresses at casinos that have to wear heels, I feel so bad for them. But typically they can get away with wearing flats. So it's like, okay, I know high heels are sexy, but like superheroes that have heels in their uniforms, I'm like, why? (laughs) Maybe a platform that has padding to support their ankles. I don't know. But stop with the high heels. They got superhuman strength, though. See, exactly. Maybe they have super calves. Maybe that's their... um, Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter how strong your ankles are. You do the superhero landing in high heels, you're going to break them both. Yeah, <laughs> I hurt my heel once and tried to do that like thing where you like just put all your weight on your toes. My God, that's uncomfortable. Right, but I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna read the re- this whole list and it's going to make Joe even more picky when it comes to movies. No. He's like, Vicky oh, told me go. that this is not a thing. Okay. This should not be a thing. Oh dear. And. The second one is long flowing hair that doesn't impede fighting. So like Wonder Woman has this long locks. It's like, what? I can barely jog even if my hair is in a ponytail without it just hitting me in the face. So I have to give a shout out. Have you guys seen the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie? I have not. Okay, so I think it might have been in a trailer sneak peek and it's not really a giveaway. But there's a moment where uh, Canary is trying to fight and her hair keeps getting. She's like, ah! (laughs) She freaks out and then Harley (laughs) Quinn rolls in. Hair tie? Oh, that's And she's sitting awesome. there like kicking and stuff as she's putting her hair in a ponytail. I'm like, that is one of the most <laughs> realistic fighting scenes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because Fair it's enough. true. Yeah. Um, and unless you're a dude with long hair. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to know about that. Uh, yeah, we don't got that problem, do we, Rev? No. Well, I mean, uh, my beard does get in my face when I'm, uh, well, it's on my face, never mind. That's one yeah. thing women don't know a whole lot about is the food that gets stuck in your beard when right? you're trying to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah, I can't eat soup anymore. I shouldn't. Well, we have to wear, when we wear makeup and we eat anything, it smudges our uh, makeup, so we have this white line around our mouth. Oh. So I understand it to a point. I think we're all on the struggle bus here. Yes. I think so, yeah. And this one I feel like has been said in movies. In television, video games, everything. Seriously, skimpy outfits, like while you're fighting into battle. Like oh, yeah. Catwoman's outfit, Halle Berry's Catwoman. It's like, really? Uh, the good old boob plate, as they like to say, <laughs> you know, where it's just like, that's not historically accurate. And also, what it does extra is that going to do there? I mean, like, it's cool, like, when, like, your clothes is ripped while you're fighting and stuff. Cool. That makes sense. But I'm going to wear a bra into battle and hope they don't stab me. Anywhere. Yeah, postage stamps and uh, shoestring is not really good armor. No. Uh, Number four, actually, you kind of talked about it, pointed breast armor. (laughs) It's actually not protective. (laughs) So it's like large boob armor is necessary, uh, necessary form of protection. It really is not. So, of course, women's breasts need some protection in a fight, but the way the films handle it is 
far from realistic. So anybody who actually wears a bra, and I feel like I might be the only one here. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, check. Hold on. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and uh, when you're exercising, it's best to use a sports bra. Why? Because it pushes and straps everything down. It keeps it from getting in the way. So the more they move around, the more uncomfortable it gets. Makes sense. I'm sure guys have similar situations with different body parts. That being said, if you're putting breasts into like individual boob armor plates, you're basically spreading them out and putting them up, up front in battle, in a sense. Even though they're mm-hmm. protected behind the armor, you're putting them up in display, making it more vulnerable. And working that armor also like that, like as a blacksmith, um, it essentially is going to weaken that spot in the armor mm-hmm. as well. So it basically just turns it into a beacon for you to uh, like, be able to get through the shoot armor. Shoot me here. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, just the regular flat chest plates work great. Uh, I just I had to I, I had to look up uh, boob armor. Uh, <laughs> I looked up pointy boob armor, uh, and then uh, actually post someone posted. Gosh, four years ago on Reddit, was boob armor ever a real thing? Top answer: Having looked over five thousand different armor elements uh, from a thesis a while back, I've never seen a single piece of European medieval armor designed to emphasize female breasts. So, also, it's historically inaccurate. Agreed, and. I watch a lot of makeup videos, TikTok and stuff, and some of the things that they are able to pull off and with setting sprays and technology these days, makeup is ridiculous. However, eventually it will wear off. So mm-hmm. when you have these characters running around in storms, getting like underwater, fighting, sweating, and their makeup never smears, really? Well, that's just not sexy. Like the only time it smears is for it to be sexy, like oh, in yeah. the Harley Quinn situation. And even then, it's like, really? Like, I. Mm. Oddly <laughs> enough, that does actually kind of make me angry, too, when they're like, oh, this person's supposed to be like a, you know, a homeless, really dirty person. And they do a close up and they have perfect makeup and hair. Yeah. And teeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is this? This yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's like my eyebrows don't look that good and I pluck them every week. <laughs> oh. Jesus. I'm a hairy beast. Anyways. Oh, dear. The other one being like, whenever a female needs to hide their identity, a platinum blonde wig makes a great disguise. Does it? No. Oh. Oh. It's a reasonable disguise to hide your identity. Like, you obviously, if you are a spy, you do need multiple disguises. But the thing is, you're, you're trying not to bring attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. A platinum blonde wig will bring attention to yourself. Whether you're a woman looking at her or a man, you're like, oh, hey, a blonde. Well, if as a woman, I look, I'm like, dang, how many hours in the hair salon chair did she have to go through to get that platinum blonde? Because getting blonde is hard. It is expensive and it is difficult. Yes. Once again, I don't have hair. Yes. Yeah, it's like the warning beacon of Gondor, man. It just is like suddenly it's there. Like, and you're just, it's a spotlight for yourself. You might as well be wearing a neon sign. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing when somebody's like, I'm a spot. They're I'm like, spy. they might as well dye their hair pink or blue if they think platinum blonde is subtle. Yeah, that's like, a good it's, point. It's really not subtle. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, in like a place like uh, Seattle, like you can get away with dyeing your hair all sorts or having a wig that's right. all sorts of crazy colors. But if you get outside of this area, like I remember going to Yellowstone and we stopped mm-hmm. off in Montana, nobody had any other hair color other than their natural. Like it just wasn't a thing people did. Well, like it's interesting growing up and being in a place like Seattle and Washington where it's a little more artsy. Because I remember a few years ago, we went to Chicago, and we were with a couple coworkers at the time, and all three guys I was hanging out with of our coworkers had arm tattoos. Like, they were heavily oh, tattooed. Oh, yeah, super tatted. And everyone was staring at us. And we, mind you, we were walking down, like, a gay pride parade, or not a parade, but, like, a big old celebration down this road, 
and everyone is staring at us. I'm like, we are the least like crazy looking people, if you will, here because everyone's wearing, you know, crazy costumes, crazy, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or very little clothing. Like, why are we the center of attention here all of a sudden? And I realized even in Chicago and it was a very, you know, eccentric, you know, surrounding we were like the only ones with tattoos, mm, like the, yeah. that many tattoos, I should say. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're not in Seattle anymore, guys. So if you are a spy, make sure at least you know your surroundings and maybe avoid that platinum blonde wig. Yes. And if you're in Seattle, get some Birkenstocks and some blue hair dye and you're good. <laughs> uh, the other one, it's like battling bad guys and gals in tight clothing is so effortless in the movies. Well, yeah, they're superheroes. Unless they're, they gotta wear those costumes. Unless they're legging material, if they're either leather or fake leather, those are not what breathable. So you're gonna have some awesome crotch rot smell. Oh, jeez. Two, you can't move in those. Like, get some. Like, I would be more accepting if they wore the leggings. Like, give me some. Le- what is it? athleisure wear? Athleisure wear. <laughs> athleisure wear is like <laughs> it's like your workout clothes that you don't actually work out in. It's yeah. just like I'm wearing, the, which is basically what I wear every day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I look like a soccer. I call myself Pacific Northwest goth because I look like a soccer mom from the Pacific Northwest, but I just wear all black. There you go. Uh, but it's it. That's half the time I'm sitting there like, how did she not rip her outfit? And even things like Catwoman, like Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, she had to be sewn in every time. Oh, yeah. Like that thing, uh, that one, first off, is, yes, very sexy, but not practical whatsoever. Mm-mm. This one I do have a little bit of like a issue with just because of the, uh, the, 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 the women they chose to uh, reference in this. Okay. And they say that strong women don't like girly stuff. And they made mention to Furiosa from Mad Max. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no crap. She's not going to be wearing dresses and stuff. She lives in like a post-apocalyptic like wasteland. She's not going to be sitting there like, well, maybe my arm should be pink. Like th- that was a stupid comparison. You got, yeah, you got to go form over function, especially when you're in the apocalypse and something like that. Especially when it's a diesel punk uh, apocalypse future. And like the other, the other examples they gave were Kill Bill Volume One, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Like, even, I, I don't know who they were talking about. Were they talking about Uma Thurman's character, um, The Bride? Maybe. Because she was still pretty feminine. Like, she wore pants, but she yeah. was still fairly feminine. And Gogo Yabari was literally wearing a dress. I right. Mean, a schoolgirl dress, because and, that's what she gets away <laughs> with. But. Right. Uh, and then even, like, Merida in Brave, which is, uh, I think, the not Pixar, but the, maybe. Is it, is it Pixar? I, get I think it, it was, yeah. I get it confused in Wreck-It Ralph's. Like, she's from the other <laughs> studio. So I think it was just Pixar, <laughs> not Disney. Or uh, not just Disney. But she still wore a dress. She just happened to like swords and her bow and arrow and riding horses and stuff. But she still wore a dress, so she still had certain things she did like to do. Yeah. So that was kind of you like... You could be eh, badass okay. and girly, too. That's fine. This one I never really thought of, and I always thought it was so cool on screen, but now it makes so much sense. And the picture they picked is just so uncomfortable. Uh-oh. So doing the splits and flips are great fighting moves. So gymnastics as a whole, it, to incorporate into your fighting style... Uh, we see that a lot with women because it looks so majestic and it makes them look so pretty. It looks cool when they just like do a, a splits down and uh, to avoid something or like, to uh, attack. Doing a split like you know to avoid something that makes a little bit more sense if you're. But I feel like a lot of times they're doing things to make it look pretty, not just to actually fight realistically, but also smart. You're thinking like Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Kind yeah, of former or, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. straight or, up. Yeah, or even just uh, X Men's Mystique, like uh-huh. the way she oh, okay. moves and sure. fights mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, the real reason why it's not realistic is because you're spending so much energy doing these moves that you're not conserving the energy to actually fight. 
Yeah, it doesn't generate a whole lot of power. No, you're basically exhausting <laughs> oh, yourself right? doing these moves. Unless you're trying to get away and you're doing some sort of parkour situation, that makes parkour. sense. Parkour! Uh, but <laughs> parkour. everything else, not so much. And the picture they picked was like Mystique doing this weird kind of... She has her arms back and her legs are up, about to kick somebody, but I'm so glad that guy's shoulders in the way, because otherwise you'd see Mystique stuff. Uh, oh. <laughs> you know who had the best uh, gymnastics move, though, which I just saw on TV the other day? What? The first Mortal Kombat, where Johnny Cage does the splits against uh, Goro and then nails him in the jump. Yeah, punches oh him in God. the nuts. It's fantastic. <laughs> I forgot about that. So good. Okay. I feel like that's pretty fantastic. You did generate a lot of power with that move, though. <laughs> Oh, you're uh, punching a guy in the nuts, yeah. There's the other trope where women who choke men with their thighs are sure to win the fight. I'm like, have you not heard that thick thighs save lives? <laughs> they will also end them. <laughs> yeah, they will. I'm know, okay I, with that. I'm I mean, like, I this guess. one, this one, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, you're not necessarily a strong woman if you can suffocate somebody with your thighs, but that doesn't mean, like, I don't know. It's supposed to be attractive and suggestive more than like an actual fighting move, but have you seen that woman like break the record of how many watermelons she can break between her thighs in like, yeah. what, seven seconds? Yeah, in seven seconds. I'm like, I- I'm willing to give this one a pass. Yeah, if you're going <laughs> to kill someone, your legs are what you should be using. Um, the other one is women uh, have to be totally fit to fight an enemy. The trope is a woman's physique is more helpful than brains when fighting, which I guess the Hobbit, Desolation of Smog, uh, Desolation of Smog, Kick-Ass 2, Riddick, and How to Train a Dragon 2, says why it's inaccurate. If a woman is in good shape in an action film, it's assumed that she must be strong. Nearly all women in the films are cookie-cutter molds of in terms of body type. But what about brains? Fighting is more than just punching and kicking. It takes a lot of intellectual skill to win a close fight. So often enough, like if you have more than one woman in a movie, you have the smart one and then you have the fighter. Yeah, they can't be the same person, which is BS. Right, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more to these. Go to fa- our Facebook page, just search BJJ's Geek Nation to find it and you can see the rest of these. Nice. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.